Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai and today I'm here with a new episode of our Ecom show and today's guest is uh, Craig Leslie from uh, California and uh, he has a very interesting story because uh, he has multiple businesses and not just online or e-commerce businesses but uh, through his family uh, multiple businesses and I will ask him uh, about his story, how he started out as an entrepreneur and what are those different businesses and uh, how he he scaled them and uh, he wants to scale them in the future. And uh, hey, Craig, how are you today? It's great to have you here. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, so, Craig, uh, please tell us more about your background. Like, uh, you know, your your family is an entrepreneur family or you are a first generational entrepreneur or, or what's the story there? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Ohio. Both of my parents worked uh, in corporate America, so not the entrepreneurial route, but they always had an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and growing up, you know, they they helped me um, start like a landscaping business. And being in Ohio, we would my brother and I would um, do snow removal in the winters, and then we actually had a paper route. Uh, or a newspaper route from the time I was seven, my brother was nine. Um, so always kind of doing something. My parents taught us a lot along the way about uh, making money, saving money, and reinvesting money and all of that. So I think that helped me definitely get to where I'm at today. Um, and my, I guess, bigger entrepreneurial um, adventure started after college. Uh, I was in corporate America for a couple of years. And then moved out to San Diego and actually started in the restaurant business. Um, had a couple of restaurants from about 2008 to 2012 and actually joined another restaurant and opened another restaurant in 2011, which we still have today. Um, and through that business partnership, um, I was brought into San Diego Coffee, Tea and Spice. Um, and my task there was to learn e-commerce and grow the e-commerce business. So um, that was kind of the foray into it. From the time I joined San Diego Coffee, we acquired a company called the Bean Coffee Company, which is an all-organic mm-hmm. brand that we sell mainly on Amazon. Um, I'm just now getting back into the Shopify side of it and growing the D2C business. Um, And through that journey of Amazon and working with our food scientists, we developed another product or he developed another product um, called Lono Life, which was a bone broth. And we launched that in 2016. Um, And that was a pretty wild ride. We grew it very quickly. Um, We were recognized in 2016 at the Fancy Food Show in San Francisco as one of the top um, most innovative products in the marketplace for that year. So we were written up in like the scam and in time magazine and a couple other things, which just kind of skyrocketed us. Um, and then, yeah, grew that company, uh, through 2021 had an exit, um, in 2021. And I am actually still on with the current ownership team. Um, and I'm running Amazon and some of the, uh, D2C side for them still, uh, right now so yeah and then fo- trying to trying to refocus my efforts on coffee a little bit so that we can uh, grow that so i've been doing a big project um 
a big merge from vendor central to seller central um, so that we have a little bit more control over the brand. And while it's going on, uh, I have a three and a half month old daughter. So navigating that world as well. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. That's thank amazing. you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's, I, I will ask a few questions about your past. Uh, so first of all, because I was a waiter for a few weeks in the UK <laughs> and I sucked at it. I was, I'm a terrible waiter. I, uh, the founder uh, or the owner of the restaurant told me that Daniel, your English is good, but you never smile. <laughs> and actually, I see a I smile do. right now. <laughs> yeah. I do, but not when I work 12 hours as a waiter and I have to stand all day and run and, you know, memorizing the, the name of the meals. And it was a fancy restaurant, so not Michelin level, but almost. So you must be nice there, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's about the service, not just the food. So Yeah, and you have to memorize yeah. everybody's orders every time and don't make any mistakes. Yeah, so... And but so um, I were with other waiters and they all wanted to have a restaurant after a few years. Is it the right path to have a restaurant to be a waiter for five, ten years? I don't know. I, you know, restaurants are fun and they are um, the restaurant we have now is a great place for us to go eat and have a have a pint after work. But uh, it's not it's a lot. It's a grind unless you're really passionate about being an owner operator. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of work. You have a lot of, a lot of uh, managing people, and then you also have food costs. So obviously, food costs, labor costs, and every other cost in the world, and uh, yeah. it's a lot. I'd rather, I'd rather spend my time going to brand online. Yeah, I agree, and uh, <laughs> I think that is a reason why we are both here, not uh, you know, in in restaurants now. So yeah, let's talk about uh, Lona Life. So you said it was the most innovative. Uh, product back in uh when 2016 uh yeah so at the fancy food show in san francisco um we won the, one of the top five most innovative products of the show um and at the time lono life was launched in a keurig format so like a k-cup format um and all you'd have to do is pop it in a single serve brewer and press the water button and then you'd have eight ounces of bone broth with 10 grams of protein um it was really the first powder bone broth on the market. Um, there were a lot of the, you know, frozen variations or the liquid in the aseptic packaging variations, but no, at the time there were no other powdered bone broths on the market. Yeah. And then later, uh, could you see copycats? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like any, any food product or any product for that matter. Um, people are going to see what's working and, you know, reverse engineered or create recipes of their own, um, which definitely, there's a couple other brands out there now that are uh, definitely competitors. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And what, there is one brand that we didn't, or we haven't mentioned yet, which is a Noni Skin, right? Yeah. So there's Noni Skin. Um, it's my sister-in-law's company. Um, so she owns Nonico Skin and also a company called Verity Case, which Verity Case is a, a sustainable packaging brand. It's all um, metal packaging, mainly stainless steel and aluminum. Um, and before that, she had started Nonico Skin, uh, which is super cool product. Um, it's all natural deodorant. They have two regular formulas, one sensitive skin formula 
And then it's, they have two packaging variations. One is fully circular um, in stainless steel. And then there's a little removable insert that once you're finished with it and you've received your replacement, you send that back to the company with a prepaid uh, stamp or envelope. And then they sanitize it, refill it, and it gets a whole new life. Um, so, and then you always keep the outer packaging. So it's yours for a lifetime. And then the one that they just launched is a push up. So it's in a, a fully recyclable aluminum container. And then it has a compostable um, cork push up in the bottom. So once you finish the deodorant, the cork just comes out. You throw that in your compost or your garden, and it'll break down over time. And then um, you throw the rest in the recycling container and it gets recycled. So they, they actually have videos of it at a recycling plant in San Diego and they sprayed it uh, bright orange so they could see it actually getting pulled out into the, the, the stuff that gets recycled. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you think recycling and this whole environmental friendly thing, is it, so does it help um, to attract Does it help you attract more customers? You know, I think it, I think there's two sides to it. it. The cost of the product is obviously a little bit higher because it's mm -hmm. a sustainable packaging. So there's a higher barrier to entry from a consumer standpoint. But I think consumers, at least in California, and I know Europe is um, also very sustainable packaging um, focused. So I think it's starting to spread and people are willing to spend you know, $1.52, $3 more for a product when they know that it's sustainable and that it's not just going to a landfill. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it's still, you know, as much as we hear about it um, in the day-to-day -day rhetoric, I think there's still a lot of adaptation um, that needs to happen. And, I, you know, I think consumers are moving there, but it's not, it's not quite there. Yeah, it's too slow, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, it's, it's great to see the different reviews and um, hear the sentiment about the product. Um, and even on the coffee side, we're looking at more sustainable packaging, whether it's all post consumable packaging um, or biodegradable packaging, but that gets into, whole, you know, packaging is packaging is very unique. It's a, it's a really interesting industry. And I feel like from a brand standpoint, we want to do the right thing but you almost have to have a master's in packaging science to understand all the options out there. And yeah, like, you know, I talked to somebody the other day and it was, you should really go the fully post-consumable because you're using products rather than going fully biodegradable at this point because of the carbon footprint. And it's like, wait, one's made from plants. One's made, and you know, it's like, wait, you know, both are good options, but just interesting. Lots to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess everyone says, uh, you know, everyone protects their own packaging. Like this, mine is the best and that's the <laughs> best for the environment and so on. Uh, that yeah. is a big natural uh, mineral water company here in Hungary. It's uh, it's quite famous in Europe and uh, the it's a nine-figure mineral water business actually. And uh, the founder said that uh, they use pet bottles until the end of the world, because pet is the best. That's the best for uh, the environment. And there are videos on YouTube where he argues why. Um, oh, interesting. He's a good salesman. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Everybody um, is going to stand behind their product and their belief. Um, and, you know, I think it, the packaging companies I've talked to and consultants I've talked to on packaging, it's really like, it's going to be hard for brands to go from here all the way to here immediately. But like if everyone starts taking small steps every time they change packaging or products and starts working towards this, uh, each little step helps in the yeah. ultimate goal of sustainability. Yeah. 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 Um, so you sold this company, right? Lono Life mm -hmm. a few years ago. And then yeah. you, you, you decided to work in the company with the new owner and, uh, Can you share uh, some, you know, bits about that? I mean, probably many founders, they wouldn't be comfortable to do it. Yeah, like, uh, for example, me, I would just start something completely new. I just know <laughs> myself. Yeah, you know, our sale was unique. Um, we had aggregators looking at it. We had P looking at it. And then ultimately, um, two of the previous owners, there were eight of us who are own, owned it originally, and each of us had our own kind of specialties. Mm -hmm. But two of the individuals ended up raising capital and um, buying everybody else out that wanted um, to exit. So it was a very friendly exit. Um, I'm friends with the two owners that bought it and they asked that I stay on to uh, manage Amazon and then Shopify, um, which I was happy to do. I mean, I want to see the, I want to see Lona Life be wildly successful from this point forward. And, um, you know, I have stepped back in the amount that I am involved, but I'm there to help continue to grow the e-commerce presence uh, and do what I can to help them. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about uh, the Bean Coffee company because that's your current focus, right? It is. Yeah. So the Bean Coffee company has been around, I think, since 2009. We acquired it in either 2012 or 13. Um, it was built solely on Amazon. Um, their original owner, I think, had a website, but I don't think anyone can buy anything there. It was more of an educational website. Um, And then when I came in, I guess it was 2012, um, started really diving into Amazon, mainly Vendor Central. Well, at that time, it was only Vendor Central for, for the bean. Um, and then fast forward, Lona Life came along, took a lot, most of my time. So um, the bean was kind of just humming along and doing well and sustaining. Um, and we really wanted to grow it, but just didn't have the bandwidth. So once we sold Lona Life, kind of um, came up with the high-level strategy of what we wanted to do, both on Amazon and um, D2C plus the wholesale side of the business. And uh, yeah, we're just kind of diving in. And you know, my background is heavy Amazon, both vendor and seller central. So that's where I'm comfortable. But now I'm kind of switching back to the D2C, Shopify, Clavio, you know, trying to really nurture mm -hmm. the customer and that sort of thing. So lots for me to learn, lots of uh, partners to work with to get it going. But uh, yeah, excited to just continue to grow that brand. I mean, it's it's great coffee. It's all organic. All the flavors are organic certified. Um, so I think it's got a lot of uh, room to continue to grow. Yeah. So environment is still probably number one priority here with this brand. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, the uh, the bean has been around for a long time, and you know, our packaging is traditional packaging at this point. But um, we're looking at options for the next run, and then we have another brand that we want to start. Uh, I don't think I've said this publicly, but it's called a uh, Mama Bear Coffee, and the goal is really the whole world bringing um, you know a mom and her cubs, but also the globe, like all of us together, right? The sustainability aspect from, you know, where the beans come from, um, that they're organic, that uh, the packaging is sustainable, whether that means fully biodegradable, compostable, or, um, you know, a post-consumer option until the biodegradable options become a little bit more economical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned the uh, Shopify, Clavio, nurturing the customers versus Amazon. And uh, I, yeah, do you know Ezra Firestone maybe? Uh, I know of him and um, I know a lot of people that know him well, but I've never met him personally. Yeah, so he was in this podcast, I think around two months ago, and I asked him about branding and everyone has to build a brand. Mm-hmm. And he said, not at all. It depends on where you want to build your business. And he said, if it's Amazon, it's more about the numbers, click-through rates and, you know, analytics. But um, if it's Shopify and you want to build a D2C brand, then it's good to build an emotional connection, and uh, which is ultimately a brand. So that's just very interesting uh, thinking about, you know, the main difference between the two. And uh, I'm wondering if, all of these businesses you mentioned, so these were more Amazon reliant or more D2C approach? Um, it's kind of a blend. Um, I kind of have to separate them out because each one's a little different. San Diego Coffee, which is the parent company of the coffee, is a wholesale brand. It is on Amazon and I'm going to work on growing it as we uh, revamp the bean coffee company. But um so that's kind of on the wholesale side. And then mm-hmm. the bean coffee company has always had, since we've owned it, has had a D to C presence. And we have customers that have been with us for, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, which is amazing. Um, but our biggest issue there is driving the traffic and then nurturing the new customers. And that's not what I've been good at. So that's kind of what, where I need to relearn and, um, partner with some people to help with that. And um, so the bean has been mainly Amazon, but that comes with two aspects as well, because it's been on vendor central, which is the wholesale side of Amazon. So they buy the coffee, they resell it to their customers. Yeah. So our access to customers has been very limited. Um, and that's why I'm switching it over to seller central so that I have a little bit more control over it, the advertising um, piece of it, we can quantitate. It's way more quantitative over there and um, or on Seller Central. And Amazon on the Seller Central side has a lot of branding capabilities at this point. So that's where I'd kind of um, have a different view than Ezra on Amazon. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think there's, I think he's right. I mean, for the average brand or reseller that's going to go on Amazon, it's really a numbers game. And especially for resellers who are buying somebody's product or doing arbitrage selling, it's a complete numbers game. Yeah, um, arbitrage saying that's the right word, yeah. Yeah, so that in that world, yes, 100%. I think 
Amazon has done a great job in the last, I don't know, four, five, three, four, five years of starting to um, create more value for brands. And there's way more branding you can do on Amazon from Amazon Store, Amazon Post. Um, you can now have a brand story. And what we see is it goes both ways, but like people may go to Amazon to research. Like I think it's one of the most researched heavy websites yeah. for um, purchasing a product. And then they may come to our website and actually purchase or vice versa. Like I don't have the economics to provide two day shipping for free to our customers. So if somebody wants to buy and they want it next day or in two days, like sure, go to Amazon. But that's the benefit we have as the brand owner. And we don't have any other, anyone else selling against us um, is Yes, I make a little more margin and I, I own my customer on the D2C, but if I can capture their email, at least on the D2C side and nurture them that way, and then they choose to buy on Amazon, I'm still getting that sale. It's just through Amazon. And then I think, to sorry, I got sidetracked there, but to finish the question, uh, Lono Life um, is, more, is more D2C focused. Um, it has been, you know, the leverage has been in, creating value to the consumer. Um, Amazon is by far the biggest channel, e-commerce channel for Lono Life, um, but there is a good uh, following and customer base on the D2C side and email marketing side. Uh, and then Lono Life's a bit different too, because it has a lot of brick and mortar presence and then is on QVC uh, a couple times a month. So lots of different channels there. Yeah, makes sense. And by the way, I want to, I wanted to mention this tool called Bridge. Have you heard about this one? I no. think it's I think it's it's fine if our audience can uh, hear it as well. So uh, we just check this tool Bridge, uh, and using this tool, you can add the QR code on your package, and then you know your customers can use the QR code and subscribe. And this is how you can connect your Amazon customers to you know, with, with Clavio basically and your email list. And uh, we just started looking to this tool last week. And I, I think this is quite promising because it's always an issue how to um, migrate the Amazon customers to Clavio email list and Shopify email list. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's hugely value or it's, there's so much value in that as long as, it can follow Amazon's terms and conditions because I think the biggest mm -hmm. thing for at least for us and for a lot of other brands out there is Amazon is a huge channel. So, and they have, yeah. it's literally a light switch, right? Like they could turn us off tomorrow if we violate their policies. So I think, you know, there's some, there's some new um, softwares out there for regeneration. I think bridge is going to be super interesting. Um, I didn't know about it, but you know, if you can get them at least in a um, email flow, whether it's educational mm -hmm. or whatever, then you have contact with that customer. Um, yeah, 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 that's super important. And what are the channels that you want to use to grow your Shopify store? Uh, as far as driving more traffic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think the the one we've seen work the best on the other brands recently has been Google. Um, mm -hmm. It just seems to drive traffic for a decent price. 
Um, I have not played on Facebook in a really long time, so I don't know what that looks like. But if the um, ROAS would make sense, I'd probably look at Facebook. And then, uh, you know, email marketing is still very economical. So um, figuring out how to really grow the email list and there to that customer to get them to convert, mm -hmm. I think is probably the biggest one. Yeah. 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 Uh, TikTok, by the way. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know much about TikTok. Um, I have heard really, really good things about it. Um, especially in the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of meetings and people are like, we're seeing brands just blow up on TikTok. So mm -hmm. while I don't know anything about it at this point, I definitely need to dive in and, um, figure out how to use it or hire somebody that knows how to use it and get a couple yeah. influencers because it seems like um, it has a lot of traction. Yeah, definitely. I'm really curious where it will be in like three years. Um, yeah. I, I mean, what's your perspective? You think it's going to be like Facebook was like four five, six years ago for a while or what's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very hard to say, right. Um, but what I can definitely see is, I don't know when it became popular, probably around COVID, like 2020, something like that. Maybe even before. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I think it was 2019, I was at mm -hmm. the Clavio um, Boston mm -hmm. event. And mm -hmm. I don't remember who it was, but they got up on stage and they're like, we have to do a TikTok. This thing's brand new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh, I was at that conference too, and uh, one of the co-founders of Octane AI, I think his name is Matt, he was crazy about TikTok back then, I remember. Even on the stage, he made uh, TikToks. Anyways, so yeah, two, three years ago, and then everyone said it's only for teenagers. And uh, now we can see people in their 30s, 40s um, using it. And I have people... Uh, I, I know people who are addicted and, you know, they are not young that much. I mean, they are in their 40s. And then we could see the same with Facebook and uh, Instagram as well. Probably, yeah, Instagram is still for young people, mid-age people, I would say. Um, but still, um, there is a mass adaptation with TikTok and it's highly addictive in my opinion. So uh, I think it's just a matter of time that uh, it will be similar to Facebook. I don't know if advertising will be that effective having that much scale, but you know, the opportunity is there. So we'll yeah. see. And the, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess I have to go download it or maybe I shouldn't if I'm going to get addicted. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and the daily user count is the highest there, I think. I don't know if Facebook has a higher number, probably not. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't looked into it, but the other, the other one that I've heard is converting really well is YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 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 100%. And it's also, it's also a search platform similar to Amazon and Google. I think YouTube is the second biggest search platform in the world. So it's powerful. Yeah. I have only one uh, question to you. The last question, which is, uh, what advice would you give to e-commerce business owners who are just starting out, or maybe they are afraid to start out? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I think e-commerce allows people to try things for a relatively low cost. So, you know, mm -hmm. I think if you have an idea, 
whether it's a, you know, a, a digital subscription or a physical product, um, set up a Shopify store and put it on and see if it sells. The, the, the flip side to that is, you know, driving traffic to Shopify or your D2C store can be somewhat expensive and take a lot of time. Um, and that's kind of where Amazon is a great partner in that you can get in front of millions of people very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, but take that with a grain of salt because Amazon is not an easy platform anymore. And it's a, it's evolved over time and it's, it is also hard to drive traffic to your listing for, um, for a low cost. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, um, but give it a go. I mean, overall you won't know unless you try, um, you know, ask questions, join forums, um, listen to podcasts and don't do it on your own because there's so many different things. And, uh, I guess the last piece is be careful with shiny object syndrome because especially on Shopify, there's hundreds or thousands of apps that, uh, promise big things and maybe they all can do what they say, but <laughs> you can get lost pretty quickly and, um, lose your vision on what's going to actually drive sales. Yeah, yeah, I think that's quite important because shiny objects, you know, especially for young people, especially for new people in business, I think that uh, it takes time to get a bit more skeptical and, uh, you know, uh, not not believing everything to everyone. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't believe everything you read online. <laughs> exactly <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, yes, I said the same to my grandmother, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good advice for anyone. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you, Craig, for uh, joining us today. And thanks everyone who watched and listened to this uh, live stream uh, or listened to the podcast um, after it's released. And if you like this episode, please make sure you give us a like button and uh, also leave a review on the major podcasting platforms. Stay tuned because every week we come out with at least one episode with an e-commerce business owner and uh, thanks again everyone have a great day thanks daniel